and welcome to Royals Review Radio. I'm your host, Jake Milham, and joining me for the midweek episode, as always, is the one and only Jeremy Greco. Jeremy, how you doing tonight, man? I, you know, I, I've, I've been worse, but I've been better. So, or wait, what? I've been better, but I've been worse. That's what I meant to say. So, you know, it's, okay. uh, it's, it's midweek. It's, it's just, yeah. It is. It's midweek in the week before the holidays really kick in. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I'm I'm telling you in in our office, you know, we, we have a pretty hectic office for the most part. We have a whole bunch of Christmas lights up, looks all holiday. It's really nice. And I think it was yesterday we just like turned off the lights and kept the Christmas lights on. So it's like this dark room with just multicolored lights everywhere. No one bothered us all day. Like nice. it, it was it was great if if I wanted to, I could have taken a nap. That is what your tax dollars are paying for, folks. Just so you know. <laughs> They've paid for worse things. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Uh, Jeremy, I do think that is a uh, for another topic of podcast, though. We might, uh, we might want to stray away from that one. <laughs> um, well, hey, unlike the last few episodes, we actually have some things to talk about on the Kansas oh City God. Royals front. Oh, my goodness. It's amazing, right? Just, just a deluge, a, a tidal wave of of, of information has, has hit us. <laughs> yes, I will take it. I will take it. Well, first, let's go ahead and just look at the transaction wire. So, on let's see here. What is what was yesterday? Yesterday was Tuesday. All right, on Tuesday, the Royals signed free agent pitcher Ryan Yarbrough, which I, for myself, I'm going to call him Yarbrough. Just. Y-A-R-B-R-O. I think that's the good way to shorten it up. Sure, absolutely. Um, I mean, 30 years old, one-year deal worth uh, $3 million at least with up to another million in performance bonuses. Um, Jeremy, when, when I reminded you we'd be talking about this, you had a very interesting reaction, and I want you to tell the listeners why you had that reaction. So as we look around the league and we see Aaron Judge signing for $400 million, we see Carlos Correa signing for 300 and some odd million dollars, see uh, Justin Verlander signing for 100 some odd million dollars, everybody's spending wild amounts of money, and the Royals spend $3 million yeah. on Ryan Yarbrough. And I ask you, is the team better today than it was yesterday? Oh, because the 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 reporting suggests that he might be in the in the competition for a rotation spot, but he uh, let me double check this. I don't believe he's ever been a full time starter. Might maybe in his rookie year. Yeah. So in I nope. mean in five in yeah in five total seasons for the Rays he's only had fifty nine starts. Yeah, which is not amazing and. Looking at, you know, the big picture here in that same span, he only has a 4.3 ERA. Like, yeah. it's not like we're getting a world beater right here, right? And he's projected by Steamer to have a 4.78 ERA uh, next year. So, you know, he's on the wrong side of 30. He's yeah. we're not talking about Chris Bubich, who doesn't strike out a lot of guys and is but is young and and we're talking about Ryan Yarbrough. He's 30 years old and he's also had access to all of the analytics Tampa Bay could provide all of yeah. the pitching uh, guru that Tampa Bay could provide. He has had uh, and he put up a zero 
uh, FR last year, 80 innings, 20 games, nine starts. Oof. That uh, hey. he he doesn't walk a lot of guys, but he does give up his fair share of home runs, and he also doesn't strike anyone out. And yep. he gives up, uh, you know, his, the BABIP against him is pretty high. His ground ball, his ground ball rate now. See, that's where he might do okay in Kansas City, is because his ground ball rate is very low. So yep. the big outfield in Kansas City, maybe that helps him out a little bit. Um, but they spent three million dollars on a swing man. Like yeah. this is this is our big transaction is a swing man for the bullpen rotation. And that's that doesn't make the team better. He doesn't even eat innings. This is not even an innings eater, which is a that's big true. concern for the Royals with their young pitching staff. So let's Jeremy, I, I do want to preface it with this. All of your concerns, I honestly I share most of them like it's in the bigger picture. The, the Royals, like, this is, we're making a, a mountain out of a molehill right here. Like, this isn't a game-changing transaction at all. But I do want to point out some of the positives about bringing in Yarbrough. All um, right. I do, I, I do like the fact that he doesn't walk a lot of guys. And we saw how Granky being on the staff and how he mentored mentored some of these younger guys. I'm not comparing Yarbrough to Granky, but <laughs> I am saying he is a veteran arm who has good control and might be able to teach these young guys a thing or two. I like I'm not counting on it, but maybe maybe that somehow that he impacts the the club behind the scenes. Um, yeah, I'm not even. I am frustrated the fact that he actually hasn't had a whole lot of innings to his name lately. Um, but he's he's cheap. He has control. He's not going to be your shutdown guy, but I guess he could be good for a spot starter too, right? Like, is that a good way to look at it? Yeah, and to if I if I rein in my temper just a little bit, <laughs> I I can admit that for one year three million dollars, it's not like he's hurting the team either. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it just comes from a place of frustration where like is are you is that it? Are you going to yeah. do anything else? How like I want to see the team get better. Mm-hmm. I, I don't care if they're not going to compete in 2023. I would like them to be better. And if Ryan Yarbrough is the the pinnacle of free agency for the Royals, <laughs> then I have my doubts. Yeah, that's true. This um this major league club though does just need a few arms like they're not like one or two guys away from a good bullpen and rotation. They need I would say at least 3 or 4 okay guys. And and see that's where I would be looking for one of two things. I would be looking for a veteran journeyman who can eat innings. Yeah. Or a, a young guy with some upside who hasn't, yeah. you know, hasn't put it together. And Ryan Yarbrough manages to be neither of those things. Congratulations, Ryan. You are, uh, you are today's winner. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you're, you're right. Um, I mean, I, whenever, whenever I saw the signing come across my notifications and I saw the length and I saw the, the amount all I can think is, well, that's still seven million a year less than Mike Miner got back, you know, way back when. Like, when you really think about it, other than Granky, Mike Miner was the last major, major quote unquote, major pitcher <laughs> that this club signed, wasn't he? Yeah, I guess that's 
So and maybe, maybe that, that was Jason Hamadation. Oh, jeez. Yeah, forgot about that. God dang it. And let's not forget Ian Kennedy. Oh, my gosh. The one that blew <laughs> up in our face. But so like so that's the but that's the reaction, though, because the Royals have such a bad track record with signing pitchers, period. And then much less to long term deals. Like, let's that's true. I'm I, I'm going to say some things I'll get going to get our listeners riled up. When you look at it, did Danny Duffy really live up to his extension? Nope. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, Danny I Duffy love did Danny a lot of Duffy things. as much as anybody, but I, I absolutely I, I'm right there with you where I think the the bury me a royal line, which didn't even hold out. Yeah. Um, You know, I I I feel like people people really bought into that. We're like, Oh, he's so good. He's so amazing because he, he, he wants to be a Royal forever. And we, they just loved his personality and dude's got, he has a great personality. Don't, yeah, don't get me wrong. Does. And I, I loved, I loved having him on the team, but he, he was hurt a lot. He was that he was. And I don't know, but we're, we're we are getting way off track, <laughs> really, really off track. Yes. But Jeremy, something that I do want to bring up, to you is you, you're talking about all these big money contracts that are going out to free agency. And I want to point out where Carlos Correa did not go, because I think that's the bigger news than him going to San Francisco because the Minnesota twins were actually one of the last two teams in the bidding war. And at the end of the day, they, even the lowly Minnesota twins offered him a 10 year, 280 plus million dollar deal. Right. Like that is that's another small market team. If the twins can do that, why can't the Royals? Exactly, exactly. And I'm sure, not... yeah, it turns out that Carlos that that wasn't enough to get Carlos Correa, right. but it'll be enough to get somebody. It, exactly. And look, I'm I'm sorry. I think Carlos Correa fleeced the Giants. Oh, I, mean, I I yeah, that was that was a big overpay. I think on their part, but thirteen years with a no trade clause. Like, oh my gosh. They're, they're, they're going to be regretting that here in a few years is, is what I think. But I, you know, f- even fellow AL Central teams are going out and spending money. The Royals can too. I think you agree with that, Jeremy. Yeah, I, I, I just get so tired of the small market excuses. And then I look yeah. at, I look at Cleveland and I look at Minnesota and I look at other small market clubs that, you know, even though even some of them that aren't spending wild amounts of money are spending more than the Royals are. Yeah. Like the Royals are spending at the level of the A's and the Rays. And, and I, you know, as much as we admire the Rays, I don't agree with their decision to not spend money. I think they would be a better team. I think they would be more likely to win world world series if they would spend a little bit of money. Uh, And the A's are kind of a joke. You know, Moneyball was a thing for a while, but now even when they get good players, they're just like the Royals. They trade, uh, you know, Matt Chapman away. They traded their catcher away. Um, Wait, is Chapman the catcher? He was no, the first no, Sean, baseman. Sean Murphy's catcher. Sean Murphy's a catcher. So, uh, you know, you don't want to you don't want to emulate them right, right now. It's and even even the Rays they gave Franco a, a huge contract. Yeah, and they're still building around him. So why can't the Royals go out there do something similar with with Bobby Wood Jr. with Vinny Pasquantino? Maybe I don't know. What, what do you That's, got, Jeremy? 
I this is that's the team I want to see the Royals emulating right now more than anybody is is Atlanta. I want to yeah. see them going and getting their young guys, get them on on some friendly uh, extensions, make sure they're yep. here for a while. I, the th- <laughs> to me, the one thing you'd have control of is whether your homegrown stars stick around. Yeah. If if you offer them a reasonable amount of money, they're gonna sign. Yeah, it's it, it's just that's how it works. We see, and if you can't tell me that Chicago can sign their guys before they even make it to the big leagues, that Atlanta can sign their guys, you know, while they're in the middle of rookie of the year seasons, and the Royals they just can't they just can't make ends meet. You yeah. can't tell me that it, that it's impossible. It's it's possible. It's it gotta is. be. I see it. it. Is. We, we see it on every coast. We've seen it in Seattle. We've seen it in Atlanta. We've seen it all around the league that teams are doing what the Royals should be doing. But we're not, we're not the GMs. We're not the ones with the checkbook, unfortunately. We can just yell into the void, right? <laughs> I'm, I've gotten very good at yelling into the void. So. Oh, yeah? Okay. All right. Well, thank, thank you, everyone. The, the void has stopped void. yelling back. It's just like, dude, dude. <laughs> it's, it's just an echo right now. <laughs> dude, 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 dude. Oh, man. I love it. I love it. Well, hey, before we get, we do have to, we absolutely have to talk about this quote unquote listening tour oh, that boy. started with a good old Mr. Sherman. But we will be talking about that on the other side of this ad break. But before we let you go to that ad break, we do have a little bit of Royals trivia for Jeremy, for the listeners out there. So, Jeremy, we're going to kick this off with a simple question. What were the Royals named after? We got four choices for you. A singing group, a rodeo, a hotel, or the British monarchy. Yeah, you like those? That's that's a good selection of options there. All right. Well, we'll hear the answer right after this. And we are back. So, Jeremy, you've had a little bit of time to uh, mull this this question over. What were the Royals named after? You have any ideas, man? You want to give me those? The, give me the options again. Yep. So, a singing group, the British monarchy, a rodeo, or a hotel. You know, I really want to say the British monarchy, but I'm going to go with a rodeo. Hey, there you go. There you go. Were were you cheating? Were you cheating over there, Jeremy? I would never. (laughs) Well, so just to read straight from the source, you might assume the name Royals came from some sort of connection to royalty, which is fair, but it actually pays homage to the American Royal, a livestock show, rodeo, and championship barbecue competition held annually in Kansas City since 1899. I actually went to the American Royal a couple of times when I was oh, yeah? in school. They they did field trips out there. Do you think uh do you think Max went to the first one? <laughs> he probably started it. <laughs> Max, we love you, man. Please don't fire me. <laughs> I'm still new here. Oh man, but yeah, hey, look, we're we're gonna try to do a little bit of Royals trivia on the on the other side of these ad breaks, so Please uh, stay tuned for future episodes and a little bit more Royals trivia. So, Jeremy, like we said before the ad break, we do have to talk about the listening tour that kicked off yesterday with good old Mr. Sherman 
Um, Jeremy, have you have you had a chance to digest what he talked about? Uh, you know, I I haven't I haven't gotten the the uh, the the word from the horse's mouth, as it were. Okay. Yeah. But uh, I did do some reading around, you know, everybody else's kind of reaction to it and yeah. kind of some summaries. And, uh, you know, I surprisingly remain unimpressed yeah. <laughs> with the whole idea. That's fair. <laughs> I, uh, I I fully agree with you there, man. Craig Brown over at uh, Into the Fountains had a had a great uh, post that went up this morning, um, kind of describing it. And, and his his point was kind of that this is a listening tour. It's supposed to get us all hyped up. It's supposed to mm-hmm. give us information. Where's the information? Yep. Um, read, read, read off his title because I love that. It's just so succinctly put. Yeah, it. it's a great title. Royals offer sizzle, but where's the steak? Yep, there you go. And then, the, then he's got billed as a listening tour for a new downtown stadium. It was more of a sales pitch. Um, and I mean that that makes sense. That's what they're gonna do. Is they're gonna try because that's what they're they're trying to pitch you on it. They're trying to get you to buy yep. a new stadium and associated real estate development for the mm-hmm. team. I noticed uh, on Twitter, I don't remember which account tweeted this out, but it wouldn't surprise me to find out it was associated with the Royals or Royals marketing in some way. Uh, yeah. The before and after of the uh, San Diego downtown before they had a downtown stadium and the, the, the before is like, oh, here's, you know, this is the city. Whatever, I guess. And then the after is like, oh, beautiful stadium, high rise skyscrapers. Oh, my gosh. It's so advanced and modern. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh, oh, OK, sure. But in the wow, meantime, it looks like a real city. <laughs> then then we can we, we can bring out everything's up to date in Kansas City again and just do that bit. Uh, but the, I mean, it, it's great to, to have a beautiful skyline and whatever, but it. Is it worth a billion dollars to taxpayers to have yeah. a beautiful skyline that a billionaire and his friends are going to profit off of? Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's what it really boils down to. So, listeners, just so you have a little bit of a little bit of numbers to to learn about the situation a little bit more. So, the price tag currently is roughly two billion dollars for a new downtown stadium to replace Kaufman. Now, at this listening tour which was a whole lot of talk, and I do just want to say, at this listening tour, they said that the cost to re, um, to renovate, excuse me, to renovate Kaufman to be a, quote, viable long-term home for the Royals would cost $1.072 billion. Like, that is, so either, either way. X to doubt. Yeah, I know. But, so, Jeremy, we we do play the other side from, from each other just for, just for kicks and giggles. Right. (laughs) So listen to some of these reasons that they've listed off for the cost. Okay. And granted, they're looking at this as a 50 year project. They're not, yeah, they're not talking about like, Oh, in 10 years, it'll, we'll have to replace all this. So if the Royals want to be in Kaufman in 50 years, that's how I should say this. Um, they would have to address leakage in the fountain and pump room that has caused steel and concrete to erode. 
um, rust issues in the field tunnels and the light towers and the canopy steel supports and the need to replace the front row tubs in the upper deck. Like those are, and then some other in infrastructure things, um, a chiller plant south of the stadium, piping to the stadium and the heating system would all need to be replaced as well. And the big ticket that they talked about was the electrical distribution system. So all in all, Sherman said that the whole lower bowl would have to be ripped out. The canopy would have to be replaced. And that would all, and then the infrastructure would all total up to north of $1 billion. Now, Jeremy, there is not a great track record in Kansas City of these big projects going A, to plan, or B, ethically. Or anywhere else, honestly. Yeah. Well, true, true. Um... Do so. You you said you doubt that figure. Uh, I, why, why is it you doubt that figure? They just did renovations to the stadium for I think it was one hundred and fifty million dollars. Um, and you're going to tell me that you spent one hundred and fifty million dollars to make the stadium worthy of being the stadium for five years. Yeah, and I don't think that was what was promised. And now you're telling me that for a billion dollars, you can make it last for another 50 years. First mm -hmm. of all, that sounds like actually sounds like a really good bargain. A billion dollars to keep the stadium around for another 50 years, uh, especially if 150 million only bought us five years last time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then, I, well, I guess those numbers are pretty equal, but. I don't when was the last time a stadium got built that lasted 50 years? Kauffman Stadium I think is already one of the oldest stadiums in baseball. There have been stadiums that have been built since and replaced since. Mm -hmm. Do do any of us really think that whether they renovated Kauffman or whether they built a downtown stadium that they would stay there for 50 years without moving again yeah. or or demanding, uh, you know, a complete rebuild or whatever. Exactly. I, I don't believe it. Nope, I don't either, because that's they're still going to tack things on mm -hmm. to this at, in that 50 year span. Um, and frankly, we're we're always going to have this pressure. As long as Arrowhead is right next to Kaufman, there's always going to be this pressure to get the Royals out of Kaufman, because frankly, Kansas, Kansas City's a, a football town. It is through and through. Wow. And they can, if the Royals were in Kaufman, take down Kaufman. You could build up something for the for the Chiefs there. You could build a uh a I don't I don't even know, a freaking statue the size of the of the scoreboard of Patrick Mahomes. I mean <laughs> just just imagine that if if you will. Um I I just don't I don't trust like I don't trust it I I really don't this I do. yeah sorry go ahead no please I I just want to push back on Kansas City as a football town okay that you said I think that it feels that way right now because yep. Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes he's yep. he's he's if not the best at least one of the top three quarterbacks in the NFL maybe a, a top 
five, top 10 in all of NFL history. Like they, and the team is consistently competing for Super Bowls right now. Right. That obviously is going to draw more attention. Yeah. Uh, and, and the Royals are, are not doing any of that. <laughs> they don't have any generational talents. They no. are not competing for wins. But what we saw when they were competing in 2013, 2014, yeah. 2015, 2016 was that it absolutely was a baseball town. They were That's filling true. up that stadium, even though it's out in the middle of nowhere. And people were talking about the Royals and there was there was Royals merch everywhere and everyone was very excited about the team. I think if the team is competitive, I think Kansas City is absolutely a baseball town. But it just looks like they're not right now because why the heck would you go to a baseball game when they don't have anybody whose name you recognize and they suck? And across the street, you can go across the parking lot. You just go watch one of the two because Travis Kelsey's over there, too. Uh, yeah. Two of the best players to ever play the game. Yeah. All right. All right. You you got me there, Jeremy. That's true. Oh, because I was seeing a lot more um, Lorenzo Kane and Eric Hosmer jerseys than I was Alex Smith jerseys back during that same time. Absolutely. So that is that that is a great point. And I do. I'm going to let us get sidetracked here. So I remember my dad looking at standing room tickets for the World Series games. Oh, I think man. it was in 2014. And I was like, oh, man, it's I think it was like 400 bucks a ticket. <laughs> it's four hundred dollars. I would kill for those ticket prices now for a World oh, absolutely. Series game. <laughs> They've I skyrocketed. I was living in Kansas City at the time. I would have absolutely jumped on those ticket prices. Well, it was and but see, like that's that's how far the ripple effect of baseball goes because a my, I don't think my dad liked baseball at all, yeah. and it ended up with my mom like religiously watching the Royals with me. And he was willing to make a two and a half hour drive from Manhattan, Kansas to Kansas City just to go to a standing room game in a Missouri fall, which is not the most forgiving at times. <laughs> so but I digress. Um, I just watching. So I will say the whole event lasted about 40 minutes. I haven't seen a full video of beginning to end um sherman had about seven other folks up there with him talking um, i do like some of the remarks from the populace representation there um their global chairperson and founder spoke and that's the that's the people who would be handling the the project for the most part of a new stadium um but the questionable part is they're also they would also be handling the renovations of Kaufman. Like they were the ones who spoke on what needed to be replaced and the cost and things like that. So kind of Jeremy, is, is that a conflict of interest in your mind? I, I know that makes sense to me. Um, I mean, I think you want to talk to and I'm sure they did talk to multiple uh, companies and get different bids and whatever, but it, it makes sense to, if they're a construction company, they're a construction company, um, yeah. uh, or whatever they are. So it makes sense that, you know, they can, the, the same person who can build you a new house is the same person who can tell you what it would take to fix your old house mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. Yeah, that is a, that's a good point. That's a good point. And I don't I don't the to me, there's not a conflict of interest because they get paid either way. <laughs> they just want to get paid. Yeah. So they're like, whichever way you go, as long as you pay us, like we're good. 
That's true. Another, so I've done. I will point this out. Another reason why I'm still skeptical is they haven't proposed a timetable at all. Like you have, you have all these figures. Um, I know they don't have a site announced yet. I'm sure they've looked at some sites though. I'm sure they have a rough timetable, but I would, I would like to know when to expect this. Which, which goes back to the, uh, to what Craig Brown was saying and into the fountains. Where's, where's the information in yeah. this listening tour? I think he said that they we know they've looked at 14 different sites, but we don't know which ones they've narrowed it down to. Yeah. We don't know a timeline. Um, they've said that it's going to be some private money and some public money, but we don't know mm -hmm. what the split's going to be. It's yeah. I mean, Craig, I'm I'm going to defer to you, man. You you had it right. I I need some steak right now. And honestly, <laughs> the 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 sizzle that they gave last night was not a whole lot of sizzling. Right, it was kind of you. You hear the the Chili's fajita pass by your table. Like that's that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, is that my feet? No, it's not. No, my it's I'm not. Still my sitting here. What was the last time you went to Chili's? Uh, I've I'm I'm not gonna to lie to you. I've not been inside of a no wait that's not true. I've been inside of a restaurant once since March 2020. Really? And and it was uh, uh, Mongolian barbecue. Okay. So they didn't really do takeout. Yes. Yeah, so, so I was like, oh, man, it's, it's one of my favorite places, too. So that was the one exception I made. So I haven't been in the Chili's in at least that long. At, at least that. Well, I will say this. I definitely haven't been in the Chili's since, since that. I've been in plenty of restaurants. But Chili's was like a staple growing up because it was one of the most consistent places in Manhattan, Kansas. Yeah, not the best in hindsight, that's, but that's the thing about those chains just to completely derail us. Yes, is is the Chili's and the Applebee's and the TGI Fridays like they're not going they're not five star restaurants, four star, however many stars you can have. I don't know. Twenty stars. Uh, <laughs> you know, they're not amazing restaurants, but what they do offer you is consistency. You know, yeah. if I go to Applebee's, it's going to be just like the Applebee's that I went to in Kansas, as it is in Iowa, as it is in Texas, as it is in in California. That is, that is a very good point. And I, I'm going to put you on the spot here. What is the worst chain restaurant in your opinion? Like oh, sit down restaurant, you know, you, it takes you 30, 40 minutes to get in and out for your meal, things like that. What, what do you think? Oh gosh. I'll, I'll, I'll start off with mine to get, All right, to get go ahead. out of the way. I have to say red lobster. Yeah, that's, it's people go on about those cheddar biscuits. Uh, they're just not that good. They, uh, I, I remember they made a good chunk of my family sick when we went to one in. Oh no. Was, I think it was Topeka, Topeka, Kansas. We went to one there and it was, it just was, wasn't a great experience. The food wasn't great. And then we all paid for it later. I, uh, I'm going to go with, and I'm, I'm going to have to put a caveat on this, but I'm going to go with IHOP. Okay. Get anything other than pancakes. Like their pancakes are pretty solid. Yeah, they are. But if you get anything else, then then you've made a mistake. And, <laughs> and what are you doing with your life? Here, here's the way you have to look at it. What can you get or what can't you get at IHOP that you can get at Waffle House? Does, does that make sense? Yeah. Because like we both. So actually, Jeremy, I'm just doing this on the fly. What part of the East Coast do you live in? Uh, I'm up in North Carolina. Okay. All right. So I'm I'm in Virginia. I'm in Southern right. Virginia as well. So you know how popular Waffle Houses are around here. Oh, absolutely. 
I have definitely gone to my share of Waffle Houses in the Hampton Roads area at about three or four in the morning after some some PG thirteen rated um, endeavors. <laughs> That's how I will say it. But um, yeah, I don't think I've ever had anything good from IHOP other than the pancakes. Yeah, at least Waffle House, you've got. You've got the waffles, uh, the pecan waffles. I really like at Waffle House. Yep. Like I, I can crave those sometimes. And then you got the hash browns. Yep. Nobody does hash browns like Waffle House does. Don't know what it is. Uh, IHOP definitely doesn't. I go, I get some hash <laughs> browns from IHOP, and they're limp, and it's like, what are you doing? What I just, I'll just shred. What it is is potatoes that you fried. How did you screw this up? <laughs> That's all you had to do was fry it. Was cook it. <laughs> Oh, my God. Well, hey, that is asking too much. And uh, it is asking too much for us to get back on track with this right now. (laughs) Um, Jeremy, I will say I think both of us should uh, should kind of try and watch this tour and see and see where it goes, because in closing, I do want to say it seemed like what little response Sherman and his group had from fans was not positive like it was a lot of people recognizing that you're not giving us any answers and this team at least has not given us any reason to trust them lately so Mm -hmm. i think i think that could certainly um snowball into something what do you think jeremy yeah i uh, i I think i said last week that uh you know one thing if i would be doing if i was john sherman and wanting to to kind of honestly i'll put it this way hoodwink uh, Royals fans and taxpayers into putting up for stadium and real estate development. Uh, one thing I would be doing is bringing in some free agents. Yep. Uh, like, hey, you know, you're talking about asking for two billion. If you make an investment of 150, 200 million over the course of multiple years, of course, mm-hmm. on, on some big name free agents. Like that's a small investment compared to what you're getting back. And, and I think people would go, Oh man, he really will spend money on this team. Yeah. Let's do this downtown. Yep. But he's not doing that right now. So I, I, I'm, I'm actually fascinated because there's, I think there's been very few scenarios uh, that I've heard of anyway, where a a sports owner says, I want a new stadium and he doesn't get it uh, in the last couple of decades. So uh, I will be if the if you what you said is true, uh, where fans and taxpayers are not super happy right now, I will be very interested to follow this and see what happens. The the and I'll just close with uh, the one thing that still concerns me is I've seen in other locations where taxpayers were just kind of removed from the equation where lawmakers went ahead and passed bills or did things in ways where the taxpayers didn't get a vote. Um, just so they could have the prestige of, yeah, I signed off on building the new stadium and keeping the team in town, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. So that, that's one thing to, that we'll want to look out for as well. Yep, for sure. And this is just like a stadium isn't going to be built in a few days. Like this story is going to change. It's going to evolve. We're going to get different updates and reports. You know, I, I think all off season personally, and if you want a good place to track all of those changes and updates, please go check out RoyalsReview.com. Um, a lot of good articles being put out there consistently. Jeremy, I did enjoy your Sonic the Hedgehog article. <laughs> I will say that I was I was skeptical, 
but it was good from beginning to end. So bravo, Zulu, to you, man. Thank you. Um, but yeah, a lot of great work there. You could also find Royals Review on Twitter and on Facebook. Um, Jeremy, I knew that I knew I was forgetting something, and I almost forgot the best part of this show. Absolutely. The Royal <laughs> The Royals Review reviews. I am going to get that down. You will. One, I believe these in days. You. Believe in the me that believes in you. Thank you, Jeremy. I appreciate that, man. <laughs> All right. So Jeremy. It was a little rough going last time for both of us. What do you have for us this week? I am like triple prepared this time. I'm ready Heck to go. Yeah. So I have got for you an anime slice of life movie on Netflix called Drifting Home. Okay. Uh, so this is about uh, a group of kids uh, are, are in an abandoned apartment complex that's due to be torn down. Uh, and they're all there for various reasons. Um, a couple of them used to live there and have very fond memories of a shared grandfather. Um, and, and, and then they had a fight when he died. And so there's kind of interpersonal conflict between them because of that, that kind of drives a lot of the movie. Um, but the, the, while they're hanging out at this rundown apartment complex, apartment building, it detaches from the the coastline and floats away and and so they're all kind of abandoned on this uh this is this apartment building and um and so there's lots of lots of pressure that builds between all of the characters because you know tight quarters not a lot of food not sure what's going on uh and then uh you know just just stuff happens okay people interact pressures build drama comedy all that good stuff happens and uh it's uh, a lot of fun so if you're looking for something uh it's it's pretty lighthearted, i okay. think um it's it's not super dark super deep but uh something just a little something to to just give you give your brain something to kind of mush around hey. uh it, it's it's out there on netflix it was a lot of fun all right hey what, what's the title again drifting home Drifting Home. All right. Drifting Home on Netflix. So that'll uh, I'll, I'll have that to the my list. I'll check it out one of these days. Um, I will I will stick with the with the streaming giant on you or with you. <laughs> um, Apple TV. Right. I was very skeptical, but they put out this movie called Spirited. It OK, has, it has Will Ferrell and has Ryan Reynolds. And I don't know how many movies I've seen try to put their own spin on the Charles Dickens classic, A Christmas Carol. A lot, I'm sure. Yeah, a lot um, from from Muppets to Mickey to everything in between. It's it's always been something Um, I will say um, it's it's a musical for the most part. So, you you got the you got the big old dancing scenes, you got the. Um, bursting out into song randomly, and I, you know what? I, I know that I know it's not for everyone. It can be a little jarring. I watched the trailer yesterday, and I did not get that impression. So that's good to know. Yes, it's it's not over. It's not what's the word? It's not heavy handed. Okay, with it, um, but it's it's definitely there for sure. Um, some good original songs. Um, Will Ferrell sounded great singing. Like it was from everything I could tell, it was his actual voice. Um, wasn't heavy on auto tune, nothing like that, but good singing voice from him. Um, good story overall. It is a 
it's not a retelling of a Christmas Carol, but it does take elements and characters from that story and does spin them in a in a different light. Um, it goes between the past and and the present. Uh, and a little bit of the future, of course, it wouldn't be a Christmas Carol story without all that. So I would definitely go check out Spirited with Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds on Apple TV. If you have the streaming service, I know there are way too many to choose from nowadays. <laughs> That's what I get for having a, a relatively large family is everybody picks a streaming service and then yes. we get access to all of them. Yep. I actually, my mom, uh, texted me the other day and informed me we always watch a christmas movie of some sort on christmas eve and she told me we're watching spirited okay. on christmas eve this year so at there least i go. got one recommendation for it now heck yeah sounds like a plan well let me know what you think of it after uh, after the holidays all right will do all righty man well hey let's go ahead and get out of here i know our uh, know our listeners are probably tired of hearing us talk about chilies and uh, will ferrell movies <laughs> <laughs> All right. But first, Jeremy, where can folks find you and your work? Uh, so the best place to find me is probably going to be uh, at Twitter at Hakaius, H-O-K-I-U-S. Uh, I've got links to pretty much everything else I do there. Uh, if all you care about is the baseball, then I'm, I'm at RoyalsReview.com. If you want my other shenanigans, like I said, the links are there. So uh, and and I, my DMs are always open. And, uh, you know, I, I try to reply to pretty much everyone who tweets at me. So, you know, just just hit me up if you got any questions. Yep. There you go. I, I do like that. I think in the near future we will have to do a mailbag episode. I think oh, I absolutely. think that'll be pretty fun. Um, again, I'm Jake Milham. You can find me on Twitter as well at jmilltheham. Um, again, if you're only interested in the baseball stuff, I'm writing for Royals Review, still doing some stuff for Inside the Royals as well over at uh, Sports Illustrated. Um, if you really want to hear my cheese takes, you can go uh, check them out um, at Arrowhead Addict as well. So um, everyone, thank you very, very much for listening. Thank you for your support. But until next time, go Royals. <laughs>